0: Welcome to PageCast, a podcast series brought to you by Jonathan Ball Publishers, aiming to give you the story behind the story. By interviewing the authors responsible for some of your most loved books, we explore the thoughts, ideas, emotions, and creative processes which led to the writing of these books. If you are a reader with a zesty interest in people and stories, do stick around and enjoy what PageCast has to offer. Today's episode is hosted by myself, Ingrid Kluko. I'm an avid reader, yogi, and publicist at Jonathan Ball Publishers.
1: And me, Nicola Bruins. I'm a podcast addict, media consultant, and a bit of a newshead.
0: Fascinating
1: writer and editor, Sarah Nisha Adams, published her debut novel, The Reading List, in July of this year, and it has captivated the literary world. Partly inspired by her own grandfather, the story follows the daily life of Alicia, an anxious teenager who works in the local library, and an elderly widower named Mukesh. Alicia discovers a crumpled up piece of paper in the back of a copy of To Kill a Mockingbird. It's a list of novels she's never really heard of before. Intrigued by the list, she impulsively decides to read every book on it one after the other. As each story gives up its own magic, the books transform Alicia from the painful reality she's facing at home. When Mukesh arrives at the library, desperate to forge a connection with his bookworm granddaughter, Alicia passes along the reading list, hoping that it'll be a lifeline for him too. Slowly, the shared books create a connection between two lonely souls, as fiction helps them escape their grief and everyday troubles. And helps them find joy again. We are delighted to be joined by Sara today on PageCast to give us the story behind the story.
0: So let's just go straight into the question that I've been burning to ask you and that is tell us a bit more about Sara as a young girl. What was she like? (laughs)
2: <laughs> thank you Ingrid, thank you Nicola, it's really nice to be here. Um, I think that Sarah, as a young girl was basically very quiet. I was basically a mixture of Priya, who's kind of tucking herself away with books all the time, like avoiding talking to people, um, preferring to just live with fictional characters. That was very much me when I was a child. Um, I was also probably a little bit like Alicia, a bit grumpy at times. Um, And yeah, that was definitely teenage me. So I was really quiet. I was always with a book and I found it so much easier to sort of relate to other people through books. Like I could always talk to someone for hours about a book, but if they asked me about myself, I would find that much, much harder. So yeah, books were my way into the world, I think.
1: And how incredibly blessed we are with that. You mentioned that books also helped you form a relationship with your grandfather. Could you tell us some more about that?
2: Yes, so when I was younger, my um my mum's family are Gujarati and I don't speak any Gujarati at all. And mainly in their family in that household, they did speak Gujarati all the time, naturally. Um, I would always kind of go to the house and eat my bar's food, which was amazing. So my connection with my bar was through food. And my dad that was quite my grandfather he was quite quiet and reserved a little bit like me um, and I would just kind of hide away with a book most of the time and um, if I couldn't kind of engaging conversation. And he would just make sure to ask me every single time I visited what book I was reading. And I remember he would take the book in his hands and kind of read the cover and the title out loud and ask me about it. And I would start talking to him. So it's sort of our way to connect. He realised I think I hid behind books and books were the way to help me open up. Um, So they're like some of the smallest moments but they have become some of my most cherished memories of him um and i think just i realize now looking back how hard he worked to kind of try to get me to open up a little to sort of show that I was included just because I couldn't speak the language didn't mean that I wasn't part of the family.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's truly amazing as we get older and as soon as you enter adulthood you realise how much effort it actually takes from an adult to forge a connection with a younger person and throughout your book I can relate totally with how the young people and the older people in the book connect through books. I don't want to give anything away to the readers. While you you were growing up, what, did you visit a specific library? And what's your, your favorite memory of that library?
2: Yes, yeah, so I had a library in my local hometown of Hartford, which was in this mo- like amazing building. I think it was kind of like a restored church or something, but it was just it just felt like a magical place and I would go every week my dad would take me to choose like several books and I'd come home with like a whole pile um but I just remember feeling so excited about the potential like looking through all the books kind of putting reserves in on some of them and sort of just being so excited when you get the message that it's available and I can read it and I what I love about libraries is the fact that you don't feel like you have to commit to a book because it's endless like it's limitless you can choose any book you want I remember I would save up pocket money to buy a book and quite often it was a book that I'd already read in the library and I'm just like I need to keep a copy for this forever. um. So I love my library trips. I remember there was one time when I was talking to a librarian about a book that I'd just read and I think it's for our summer reading challenge and I just spoke to her for about an hour just relaying every single bit of the plot and my dad says that he was just like wandering around and the librarian looks was like being very patient with me but looked like she wanted to be doing other things and had other things on her to-do list too but I just absolutely um just talked at them for ages whenever I could. Tell
1: me um just on that do you do you remember the first book you bought or perhaps the first story you wrote?
2: I think the first book I bought was, I think it was a Jacqueline Wilson book, um, The Illustrated Mum. And I remember having read that at the library before and I actually started, I had like an old clunky computer that my dad let me use sometimes I started like typing it out because I just wanted to be able to read it forever, which is probably plagiarism. But then then I got bored like a couple of pages in and I was like, Oh, I think I will just save up my pocket money for several weeks before I can buy a copy. Maybe I should have been a typesetter. That might have been my, my joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: goodness. <laughs> so at the moment, what's on the, the top of your own reading list?
2: Oh, there are so many books. I'm currently reading Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason. I just absolutely love that book. The reading list in the book is definitely my reading list in lots of ways. Um, they were the books that I read when I was a teenager and sort of at a point when I was sort of looking to fall in love with books again. I think sort of English lessons at school had made me fall a little bit out of love with reading books for fun and lots of the books on the list actually are books that one of my teachers recommended I read. I was also looking for books with characters of colour in and some of those books are the first experiences I'd ever seen people who looked more like me than I've read before. So they kind of left a lasting impression. So I think that's probably my first reading list. Um, but at the back of the book, there's also another reading list, which my current, current favorites. If you had to choose one book, you know,
1: just, just one. Oh. If, if you know, the, the stereotypical you're on an island and you have one book to take with you and, and that's your book that you're gonna read and read and read, what would it be?
2: Ooh, that is a very good question. I think I have, two that i would be happy to take in which case oh this is so hard i i think the god of small things um is my all-time favorite book i just love it so much i've read it the only reason i might not take it is because i've read it like so many times i can basically just recount it from memory now but yeah i love that book it's just so beautiful and evocative and the the writing is just insanely beautiful so the second book is still life by sarah winman which I just love. I read that really recently, but that's a book where I think there's so much in it. I will be rereading it forever. I will just want to pick it up and live with the characters longer. So I think that would really be the ideal book for a desert island.
0: Seeing that you actually mentioned Sarah Winman now, um, her book is also like yours. Uh, super rich with characters and such great characters and I think the first thing I told Nicola when I read your book was these characters are just so colorful and just so like rich and amazing so I need to ask you is there a specific person that you had in mind or a specific love story you had in mind when you wrote the the idea behind the Zach character in your book
2: Oh, that's a really good question, because I think there isn't, actually. And I don't know, I just remember being on a train once. So there's a scene in the book where Alicia is on a train and she sees this guy wearing like a beanie and she's kind of a little bit interested in him. Doesn't quite know. And I literally was on that train and came up with that idea when I just saw this guy that I'd seen and I, I don't know, it was just this moment where I just realised you kind of have connections with people you see and you don't really know anything about their lives. And I just sort of wanted to see what this person might be like, so I wrote it. Um, But yeah, I think, I don't know, I imagine Zach, I think he's kind and he's warm and I wanted to have a male character in there who really does care for the people around him in the way that Mukesh does too. and I think probably I remember one of, my, one of my colleagues read the book and she said it's so lovely to see that Alicia has found like a good guy. I think probably that's my experience with my partner as well, who is just like a really lovely, kind, caring person. So I think a lot of him has leached into Zach, though they're not really alike in lots of ways They're quite different. But yeah, so I think that's probably the two things that have inspired him as a character.
1: You said in a recent interview that it's more about learning about writing from other writers and and other stories than from books about writing. Um, Who or or what has been the most inspiring with regards to your process?
2: I think I have looked at sort of half-baked novels I've written in the past. And I think there's one that I wrote when I was at university. And I can literally see I'm almost imitating the style of all the writers I'm reading at the time. So I was reading kind of like... Hanif Qureshi, I was reading um, Ernest Hemingway, Angela Carter and almost chapter by chapter I can see the styles coming into play so I think that was me just trying out things and experimenting so I think I I don't think there's one book necessarily I think it's just all these different writers and just reading such a mix of things where different writers do their own thing just made me f- have confidence in doing my own thing a bit too um I think in particular Ali Smith was probably a really big influence on me just because I love the way that she uses rhythm and I think that's something that I'm always quite aware of in my writing I try to have a bit of a rhythm I think that rhythm doesn't quite work for some people and some people don't like it and other people do like it um but I like it and I think that's the main thing
0: in the book there's a mention um Obviously, the the title of the book is The Reading List, so a list is very central to the book. And there's also a character which, which also gives her insight into what she feels when she reads lists and what she feels about lists. And I can totally see myself in that character as well. So I would like you to please list your three favorite things on this earth.
2: Oh, that's really hard. Um, My cat has to be number one, just because I love her. And she's my lucky charm, I think. Um, Can I put my family as one? Family have to be there. I mean, really, they would be number one, but Suki just trumps everything at the moment. (laughs) She's my constant companion. And then third, I think... Oh, that's really hard. I think it might be my camera, just because... I love taking photos and recently I've just been, that's the thing I've been holding on to most, like taking photos of things and sort of holding on to those memories and I think especially at a time when I haven't seen my family loads, like being able to like look back at memories and realising how precious that is and I've lost quite a lot of loved ones recently too and just seeing photos just really, I don't know, it just makes me realise how magical that is that we can do it, and yeah, thank goodness for cameras in capturing those moments. You were confronted with a, f- a
1: fresh dose of grief after losing both your grandmothers in the run up to the actual publication of the book. How did this, you know, how did this frame the the months that followed? How do you deal with grief? It's it's not a straight line. I I I view grief personally as a wave that 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 you tumble in, and then you come up for some air, and and just as you're you're catching your breath, another wave comes. You know. So how do you deal? And and how do you get through the day?
2: Yeah, that's a really beautiful way of putting it, I think. Um, I think it's been particularly strange, like grieving at a time when no one's around. And when I'm really quite separate from the rest of my family who are going through the same thing. and, And I know that, previous times when I've been able to grieve with my family around, we've been able to comfort each other, like physically hug each other as well. That makes such a difference. Um, So I think it has been really hard and I think I almost haven't quite given myself time to process everything yet. It's just been focus on work, focus on work, see how long I can keep going. But um, yeah, I think I just try to remember, someone said to me, try to live every day in a way that would make your grandmothers proud. So that's what I try to do. And I try to think that everything I'm doing, they would be proud of.
0: Talking about your grandparents, um, you are currently writing at the desk that belong to your grandmother. She's also known as Queen G.
2: Yes, <laughs> I call her my Queen G.
0: But to our listeners, if, if you're not following Sara on Instagram yet, please do, cause I mean, it's such wholesome content. And also, you just a while ago, you posted that you are editing your second book. Yes, there is a second book. But <laughs> while you were sitting at your childhood desk. So desks are definitely also a golden thread. Old desks and desks that you, you and your dad built or your dad built for you when you were a child. Um, but what was more intriguing is the fact that there is maybe a second book coming. Um, would it be too rude of us to ask if we can get a bit of a teaser? surrounding
2: the same book yeah absolutely so I don't think I can say too much but I can say that it's in a similar vein to the reading list it's standalone and it follows a new set of characters though I would love to have Mukesh as a cameo in watch this space um, <laughs> and it's basically about another unlikely friendship but it if, is set around a community garden, um, which is also something that plays a big part in my Instagram because I found like gardening to be a really lovely thing and it's really helped me recently. Um, So yeah, it's set around a community garden. Do you
0: have a lot of unlikely friendships that have played a role in your life before?
2: I, I don't know if they're unlikely to me, but I think maybe looking back people would think oh that's an unlikely friendship and I think I'm the kind of person who has like quite a lot of individual friendship so I know there are some people who have like a big group of friends and I think I kind of pick people up wherever I go and like find the person that that I really connect with and that's irrespective like our age our background like where we grew up or kind of what we what what school we went to and stuff so that's kind of what I love and I in particular love intergenerational friendships and I think that's probably based on the fact that I have such lovely relationships with my grandparents and just this idea that I think we can learn so much from different people and people who are different to us and what I've always found interesting is when people say oh that's an unlikely Pairing. And I think sort of like, why? Because we're all human and we can all connect on like so many different levels. And there are so many shared experiences that we have, no matter how different we might look on paper. Um, So that's, yeah, something that I love. And I, yeah, I I think that's just something really exciting to explore in fiction too. And just sort of show people that we can connect with anyone and everyone in really meaningful ways.
0: I think that also then just sets the scene for people to feel okay with the unlikely friendship and not to feel like I like you have to say, you know, she's much older than me, but like we get along because we live in the same neighborhood. Because even if we didn't live in the same neighborhood, I would make an effort to see her yeah. go drink tea or whatever. So I think the more people get used to intergenerational friendships or unlikely friendships, the less judgment there will be. So I think overall, just just taking down those boundaries, those strict constructs is really important. And you really, you achieve that in your book. It's, it's amazing. There's a, a relationship between a granddaughter and her, her granddad. And I love that book. Um, something that's very cool and that I want to start legitimately is the fact that you have this little bank holiday reading project going on now. So please, please tell us more about it.
2: (laughs) Yes, so I, um, over the weekend, me and my partner kind of created this box that's sort of like a little library. So um, people can leave a book and take a book. In the place that we used to live, um, kind of a little bit further down the road, there was one of these. And Seeing as I work in publishing, I had loads of books and not much space in my flat. And I was sort of popping books in there every so often. And I would love when I walked past and like all the books that I'd given had gone. And often there'd be more amazing books that I would take in return and read. And I just love this idea that it's quite a small thing, but it makes you feel quite connected to the community. Um, And yeah, in the place that we live now, there wasn't anything like that around. And I don't know, I really missed it and I really wanted to like give some of my books away but also the road I live on is really community minded and there are people who there's a community garden on the road as well and we just thought it would just be a really lovely place to do that um so yeah it's up there it's been up there for a few days and my partner is literally like looking through the window all the time I was in the office yesterday and he messaged me being like someone's opened the box someone's taken a book (laughs) so I'm getting like regular updates but it's so exciting and I think it's it's just lovely to kind of feel connected and to share books um, and you never know where they go, but you always want books to go to a good home. So I think, yeah, having something like that, that sort of makes you feel a little bit connected to the people around you, even if you don't know them personally, personally is a really nice thing.
1: I have to pick up on the on the subtle mention of you being a publicist. Um, has that been a blessing or a curse, do you think, during this entire process?
2: Um, I think it has been a bit of both. I mean, as an editor, I've obviously seen lots of the process um, and I know all, like everything that's involved. So there haven't really been any surprises at all. I think the curse bit is I know too much I like see all the books that are coming out as well probably before other readers would or other authors so I'm aware of the things that my book is competing with and stuff like that so but I've actually been okay ever since the book has been released it sort of feels like the book is out in the world now my bit is done and as an editor that's the moment when I as an ed to get more anxious, like the book is out in the world and I need to kind of keep it going. But as an author, I now feel like I've taken a step back from my book and I can just like, I've just been enjoying the ride since then. quickly need to ask you, so your fringe,
0: was there a moment <laughs> in your life when you decided that you need to cut your fringe or has it been, is that your hairstyle that you've had for so long or
2: what yeah I've been admiring your fringing but it just looks absolutely perfect um my fringe was cut well I just decided I think it was during lockdown in summer last year I was like oh, I just want to do something different I want a fringe and now is the time to try it because no one's really seeing me so if it goes wrong then that's fine so my partner cut it for me and actually he's been cutting it for me ever since he's very good apart from on the one a o- few occasions where he's done it a bit wrong and then it's just been a nightmare for ages or the one time when I decided to cut it myself because I got a bit a bit impatient and it was so bad for so long and it's just like completely wonky but um yeah I think we're okay now I keep thinking will I grow it out but growing out a fringe is such a nightmare so (laughs) yes I think I'm gonna keep it for a bit Sara, it was a delight to chat with you. Thank you so much. You're both brilliant. This is really, really fun. Um, and it's so nice to, like, kind, kind of meet you and, like, put, put faces to name. Sara's book, The Reading List, is available at all good bookstores.
0: So grab your copy.
1: Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of PageCast. We have an incredible lineup of author interviews. So head over to our Facebook and Instagram and follow Jonathan Ball Publishers to stay updated and in the know regarding future episodes. Thanks for your interest in the story behind the story. Happy reading from everyone at PageCast.